Welcome back to part two of the Broken Record episode on the Intersection Podcast with Brittany and Whitley. I really hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. If you do, let us know. Comment, like, subscribe, share. You can email email me at theintersectionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can let me know on Instagram at D underscore creative. Let's get into the episode. But I think, like, even kind of, like, talking about, like, the mental health aspect of it, of just, like, knowing where you are and kind of, like, what does that mean, which yeah. is something that came up in the podcast mm-hmm. um, that Andre 3000 was talking about, like, how he suffered from his own, like, mm-hmm. mental health and, like, there's so much language around it. So I think that, like, you know, I guess I'm kind of just wondering... What did it mean for y'all to hear him talk about that and kind of like, you know, I think that just as mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. people living in New York, yeah, it is there, there's some feels that just keep going, yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, whether it's winter's like, long here, y'all, it's a long, long winter. Winter solace was like killer. I was like, damn, let's stay mad <laughs> It just keep going. Yeah. And going. Um, I and will going. say it meant the world to me to hear that my boo, Andre Benjamin, sees a therapist. I'm just going to put that Lovely. out there first and foremost. Yeah. One, because I just feel like as black people, as people of color, I don't know a single person who don't need therapy. That's just what it is. We got into generational trauma, y'all. <laughs> so we it's not even like what happened to you in your life. It'd be like what you feeling that your grandmama felt. You need to go to therapy about that. Mm-hmm. It'd be like the way that lady looked at you on a train. You should go to therapy therapy about that it'd be like the person who touched your hair makes you now need to go to therapy about that because you don't even know what to do with those feelings and so hearing him say that he has at least recognized his own feeling of like not feeling well whatever that means to him or to anyone he was like i don't feel like i think i should feel and so i needed to figure out what that was and so i do have a therapist i see a therapist i have been you know, diagnosed with certain things. And I am glad that we finally have a space to talk about it. Mm -hmm. That was dope. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't need him to do that in a rap lyric for it to be hot. It was hot just hearing him be that vulnerable in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Being like, I don't feel good all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That impacts how I create. Mm -hmm. I need to figure this this out. You know what I'm saying? We all need to figure it out. Because I've also noticed since I've been starting to figure it out, other people be like, yo, Andre, I'm figuring that out too. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just you in a bubble. And then I feel like creatives in general, there's a lot of things that we go through an experience that make us, you know, feel for lack of a better word. It's not a good word, but crazy. Just like, I don't feel like... I feel like there's too many things happening. There's like a real thin line in in that realm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Of hearing voices. Um, and, and a la like Toni Morrison, who heard the voices of her characters and felt her ancestors. And that's how she wrote. To like hearing voices in a way that makes you feel like you're in danger or panicked or, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't, yeah. f- that we're invited. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> those, those, that's a very thin line in a creative's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to me, just in general, I was like, I love this. Like, I love this conversation where there's some kind of space 
for someone that I admire to talk about that they deal with things too that I can relate to. Yeah. I would say, I, I mean, the same. Um, also, I feel like something that I related to also is like the only child part Ooh. of like how his, how even in his mental health like journey, yeah. it's the isolation. Yeah. Um, and actually it's interesting. My therapist just brought that up. Yeah. Um, was that like, when I feel like in distress or I don't, or like I'm having a bad time at a place, I will remove myself from a situation mm-hmm. and like literally put myself in isolation. Yeah. And like, just because like, that's where I'm most comfortable. Yeah. And he talks about it, so that's sort of like, he's like, I'm comfortable by myself. That's, yeah. why, that's why I've always, like I do everything alone. I don't yeah. need other people. Um, and so like, I think that like, that also is very much so a struggle of, someone who someone who makes things yeah um mm-hmm. and especially if you're making things that are going to get put out in the world yeah like i think that there is a scrutiny that we take on our own selves yeah physically and so i i love that he like brought up those aspects of like i don't even need other people to critique my work yeah i critique it already yeah mm-hmm. i'm already in i'm already in the ring with my own self and like you can't do this yeah mm-hmm. um and i think that that is something that very few people are willing to bring up how much like they actually feel that way yeah yeah. but what's wild is that i i mean i'm sure that there is a lot of different types of artists yeah but almost all of the ones that i listen to are all the same way and they're all like that Mm -hmm. um and it this came up actually also in the group chat talking about like frank ocean yeah like Mm -hmm. frank ocean is someone that we he graces us every now and again. It's like... Like a cameo. Yeah. It's like, hello, goodbye. Yeah. And it's like very wild. But if you listen to... Because um, we were sort of like going through sort of a top five mm-hmm. and trying to figure out just like his top five songs, which is actually dang near impossible to mm. do. But... Sure is. Some of my... Pretty much all of our favorite songs are truly some of his saddest saddest songs that he's ever written yeah and there's no and it was it brought it like made me think i was like when they give us this work and when they perform it which frank is a little bit different he only performs so many times yeah but like can you imagine being an artist like andre 3000 and when in outcast or like just like your favorite artist that makes very very sad music you're reliving that every night you perform yeah Uh and it's like how how do you do that how do you sustain that it's mm. like, and then you're watching people who feel the same thing you do. Like, your fans feel it. That's why they enjoy it, yeah. potentially. Yeah. And it's like, you're watching their feeling to your feeling. Like, I just feel like that would be so trippy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and at some point, like, you have to be, like, that's why I am thankful he is a therapist. Yeah. Like, him bringing that up is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Even though there are artists that are still like, oh, I don't know if I need therapy. We're like, everybody needs therapy. Yeah. Um, but, I and I just think there's a lot of albums that came out this year that were on my list that all address mental health. There, there's not yeah. one album on that that's on my list that doesn't have, like, a snippet of mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at least in the top five. Like, I think of, like, Psychodrama by Dave. Um, the whole thing it's like he's going through 11 months of therapy there's literally Mm -hmm. clips of him talking to a therapist Mm -hmm. and it's like 
I don't know if those are real or fictional, but like that's the the premise behind the album, and it's called mm. it's called psychodrama. Yeah, and so it's like these things are at the forefront of the conversation. Yeah, but they're not. This is the first time I think we've heard. Mm-hmm. it out of the scope of the actual music yeah right. like i'm not just gonna drop it in a song and tell y'all how sad i am yeah like right. i.e all my friends are dead like what yeah. are you saying in the song yeah. speaking of that though i also wanted to ask you whitley um this is a an opinion that could be based on your your mental health professional background <laughs> But something that especially people of color go through who are creatives is their experimentation with drugs. And a lot of that is to kind of like numb or quiet the things that don't feel good all the time. And um, I guess to me, I, I, I'm always on the fence, right? So I know people just in my personal life who are on many different kinds of drugs, like actual drugs that were prescribed to them. Um, antidepressants, you know, anxiety, whatever kind of like actual drugs that someone told them to take and then people who just be on drugs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But both for the same reasons. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not actually like different reasons that these people are taking them. It's really like this whatever kind of like sober existence that I'm living, there's, there's way too much going on for me to like be able to like work through that and whatever that means to them. And so, um, I guess my question to you is, um, it doesn't even have to be a yes or a no, but like, do you understand that struggle? Um, being in a profession in which you could be a person who is, who like takes drugs, you know what I'm saying? Who is prescribed by their psychiatrist to have some drugs, you know what I mean? Versus just people who self-medicate to kind of like quiet that noise. Yeah. I'll feel the air while she's thinking. <laughs> Just to mention, because like on the, the same episode, Rick Rubin says to Andre, you know, what you feel is not, you know, new under the sun. Lots of musicians feel like that. And unfortunately, that's why a lot of them die young. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the deaths that happen are usually something related to drugs mm-hmm. that are usually introduced because they're dealing with things that they don't know how to live with or control or manage. And so they try they just did too much. You know what yeah. they was trying to there's like, I don't want to feel like this no more, whatever this feeling is. And so to me, um sometimes I be on the fence, like why do I think one drug is better than the other? type of thing mm. I think that's some kind of like judgmental society thing that somebody taught me mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh well if your psychiatrist gives you the drug that's great yeah. <laughs> but if you get the drug yourself you're a drug addict. you know I was like that's terrible yeah. you shouldn't do that but I like I understand do you know what I mean like I'm not so I'm trying to like not get in that sense of being whatever because I understand how it can be overwhelming to feel however that may feel depending on what you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you're fighting, whatever you hear or, or sense. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to know how you felt about that conversation in general. Ooh, um, I feel like for me, um, a few things are like just popping in my head and in my mind. And I guess in my heart as well. Um, I This is hard for me because I'm just like... I understand that people talk about, like, try to um, 
make one better. Yeah. Like your psychiatrist is giving it to you so it's better. Yeah. Um, and then I think about I think about things systemically. Yeah. And I think about like systems, like how many people can afford to go to see a psychiatrist, can pay for that. Because mm-hmm. that's the reality. That's part that's of what? The, yeah. And then pay for the possible drugs they have to take. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, I'm not saying that. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, but that that's part of, like, a bigger issue. Yeah. Um, and, like, for me, I just feel so strongly about drugs, especially because, like, black people are oftentimes just pushed and ridiculed because of the drugs that they have taken or yeah. just like, you know, the crack epidemic compared to the opioid. Um, yeah. The, how it's this whole thing where yeah. people are actually like, no, we need to help these kids who are on yeah. opioids, which most of them are white. Yeah. But we weren't working with the kids who were... Addicted on, to crack. Or... Addicted to crack, addicted to so many other drugs. Yeah. And just like crack compared to cocaine and like yeah. how like um the system that we live in is affecting is affecting and continuing to push um our black people into prisons yeah. and in, into so many other spaces. Yeah. So I think there's that part. Um and then I just like honestly I understand that So, I guess I'm kind of different compared to other people Mm -hmm. within the um, mental health world. I understand that that there are a bunch of drugs that people take that help them through and are, whether it's from a psychiatrist or... um, or self-soothing, yeah. like all of those things, I I think that at some point, like kind of having the conversation around like, what does it mean for you and how is it affecting you and what, like how does it hit for you as a person? I think that like that's the biggest question because mm-hmm. if we're talking about self-soothing, yeah. like there's so many things like I think that like in the black community we say like things don't bother us things don't bother us and then we get to a space yeah where like you know where it's too heavy mm-hmm. where things are rough where seasonal depression kicks in where yeah you know we don't want to get out the bed where like I just yeah. want to sit in this darkness real quick mm-hmm. or I don't want to create or I just mm-hmm. don't want to be around anyone yeah and I'm okay with that and all of these things. And then sometimes we hop up and we just be around our friends and, like, they don't even know. Yeah. You know? And I think, like, when he brought, like, when they brought up this conversation about mental health and drugs and all of those things, it's just, like, part of it is, like, did you know? Mm. Like, was it this deep? Like, even when you talk about, like, take it back real quick Mm -hmm. to Whitney Houston and... Her amazing ass best friend who was mm-hmm. around in the beginning and like talking about like she who did yeah. us who sat down with Lena Waithe mm-hmm. and was having a conversation around like the struggles of hearing Bobby Brown say like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, if she was here, maybe this wouldn't have happened to Whitney. Like yeah. that's a strong thing to say and that's a strong thing, like a space to be in to feel like 
like this person, like all of those things, like were able to be kind of held within this within this friendship and like yeah. kind of put together in this space and like as things began to crumble, other things began to happen as well. Yeah. So I like you know I do I'm just thinking about a bunch of things and it just like really really hits mm-hmm. in a um. way and kind of just. It's like, damn. Hello. You know? Yeah. And also, you have to think, music is a business. Hello. And so, mm. these drugs that were, were maybe light work, yeah. recreational before, mm-hmm. are now, well, you know, now they're, they're funneled through a different way. Yeah. And mm. I think that that's also a discussion that very few people want to bring up mm. in the music world. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it, it does also, for them, it hits black and brown artists much more so than it does right but at the same time i'm not saying like because i mean we've had Mac miller we had um Um, kurt cobain amy whitehouse we've had those and it's it's that scary thought of like is this industry churning out sort of artists in the sense of like some people are worth more dead than alive Mm. and that's a dark it's a dark right thought to even bring up but it's like there is some truth to that. Mm. Right. Mm. And it, I, it's so scary that mm. you say that because the first thing I think of is like, um, y'all remember that album cover? I forgot who did it. Who did what it had on it? It was Whitney's like bathroom. Oh, Pusha first T. of all. Yeah. It was Pusha T? That yeah, because it, it was Kanye. Uh, that, that was a part of the beef with Drake. For sure. And like, you know. And they were like, <laughs> and, <laughs> what just happened? Like, and... Like, I'm just at a loss for words for that because it's like, you know, here we are. Like, there's so many things. Like, even if we're talking about Waka Flocka, like, I can think of so many songs mm-hmm. that just, like, put in all of these things around, like, drugs. And we eating it up, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And how does that then, like, impact, like, us on a daily? Yeah. Like, you you just finished saying all oh, my friends are dead. Like yeah. you know, we sitting there like like oh my gosh. So my niece is obsessed with Billie Eilish. I am creeped the hell out. If y'all ever Google a picture of her, I mean that's I, know what, I, I know what Billie Eilish looks yeah. like. Just in case y'all know, oh Eilish. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, but, Billie Eilish is actually really talented. We're just all worried about her no, mental health. <laughs> yes, but my niece is 12. Yeah, and that's and that's her demographic, right? Because yeah. she's that's, young too. And but also like, it was over the holidays. We was listening like there was like we was playing a game. Yeah. And all of a sudden we had to read her lyrics. And one of the parts is like seduce your father type. I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Yeah. Like now, because of the fact that like we're not having the conversation around the music. Yeah. Like and then we read it and we were like, Whoa. Yeah. Hold on, slick. Is that what they saying? Yeah. This is a whole nother conversation. Like, yeah. you know, 
all my friends are dead. Like, this is a conversation. Like, even yeah. if you're talking about dead presidents, like yeah. Benjamins yeah. and all of that, yeah. like, this is still a conversation that needs to be had because not everyone is t- intaking music the same way like yeah, like yeah. people think like oh yeah i'm gonna say this good ass metaphor yeah and this is going everybody going to get it it's gonna be the right. last thing they don't even heard that they thought you were talking about somebody <laughs> and yeah. also to go with that if you th- it's it's almost as if like because if you think about juice world just died oh yeah and he died the day after his well like the same week as his 21st birthday i think yeah. mm. and one of his lyrics is like i'll be lucky if i'll make it to 21 yeah he yeah. made it to 21 and died yeah. yeah and he he had a seizure because of drugs yeah right. like these things are all very right. much so interconnected and i mean don't get me started on lyricism and lyrics and words and mm-hmm. music because People don't realize we intake so much content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the era of like content on content on content. I know that I make it. Like, yeah. It is just a thing. Right. You have to be aware of what you're saying. And I think that, and that's the, that's a, the beauty and the curse of what music is. Yeah. Is that it is, it's melodically a string of words that yeah. can either mean a lot or a little. Yeah. And that is both on the artist's part and the person that's listening. Yeah. Right. And you can refine that based on how you want to live your life. And I think that, like, that is very specific, especially when it comes to kids. Mm. Right. Because, like you said, Billie Eilish is 18 years old. Yeah. She just, and I mean, she just turned 18. She a fresh 18. Yeah. And, but she her music, du- it's dark. It's mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, it's different if us as grown women are listening to Billie Eilish because we can parse this. Yeah. We can be like, um, I'm going to take what I want and I'm going to put back what I don't want. Yeah. And right. but even for some of us, we can't. Yeah. So can you imagine 12 years old? Yeah. And like, you don't have the mental capacity to like, right. sw- take out what you need to hear right. and what you probably shouldn't be intaking. And that's not, that's no shade to Billie Eilish herself. Her and her brother have made have made music that is great and it was healing for both of them. Yeah. But like, it may not be that way for all of the people that are listening right. to it. And it, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and one thing about that is like, it's not only the music, like it's like, although we're talking about like how music is impacting and like, is being ingrained because we're intaking it just as much, but it's also um the ads like the ads that we see on the trains mm-hmm. on the on the buses like when we're watching mm-hmm. our youtube videos when mm-hmm. we're sitting here on instagram and facebook yeah. and all these things like just as much like just as much as those things like there's a youtube video that they come out with every decade mm-hmm. and it talks about like how women are shown in the media and it shows how like from young ages, young girls are like viewing these images of mm-hmm. like women being sexy, like kids being sexy. Like when you think of the image of when everybody was okay with the fact, well, some people were up in an uproar and then some people was just like, oh, that's all right. Mm-hmm. When um, it wasn't, I forget her name. I'm really bad at names y'all, but I know people's faces. Um, she's an Olympic uh, medalist, and she was sitting on the um, swim guy's lap. Oh, no, I don't remember this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Simone? 
Simone Biles, Bi Biles, yeah. Yeah. Biles mm -hmm. and the white swim art, and she was sitting on his lap. He's yeah. She was 16, 17. He's like 20 something, 30. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. just how, like, how people are being in drain, like, in grain, like how sex and all, like, sex, drugs, and all these things are being ingrained into our kids at young ages. Like, even when we think about, like, the shows they're watching on TV mm -hmm. to what they're watching on YouTube to just, like, how that's then impacting them. I think it's. There's so many things to that, so. Uh. So what I was going to say, because you know we get into the juicy parts. <laughs> um, so one, I wanted to bring up one of my favorite TV shows and then kind of like talk about things that um, we're doing connected to like healing and creative. So creating, so like alternative modes to, you know, self-medicate while now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like... You know, is it just picking up a flu? Like, what else we should do to, <laughs> yeah. you know, get it together? And yeah, mm -hmm. and whatever else that um, we have also personally done. But yeah, one of my favorite TV shows, which I hope they bring back, they bring it back, is The Therapist on Vice. I feel like they brought it back. They did. Did they? Yeah. What? Y'all didn't yeah. tell me. See, you know what? This is how you learn things about your friends. <laughs> so. I mean, I don't know if it's we a just season, told you but now. I see it. Okay. No, we just told you now. Anyway, <laughs> we um, The Therapist, um, which I love, is just a show that has, like, these therapy sessions with musicians, all kind of musicians, mm -hmm. uh, mostly hip-hop artists, to be honest. And what is really interesting about it is it's the first time you see some of these people um, outside of the personas they created. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, like, you're not really Joey Badass. You're, like, a regular person. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I don't, like, you don't have to, like, hide behind just the lyrics or do whatever. Like, you're just having this really honest conversation. And what was intriguing to me watching the show is that a lot of people, especially the people of color in the show, like, I think on the first season, it was all people of color except for Katy Perry. And she was the only person who had ever been to therapy before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and she walked on the out. episode like... <laughs> I already know how this is going to go. I've had so many therapists over the years. And all of the other, like, black people or people of color were like, yo, I don't even trust people like that. Mm -hmm. I don't even talk about these, like, deep, dark, rooted things. Mm -hmm. Things from, you know, loss in their families to things that happen in their art to, like, they're like, no one gets it. And then they got to sat down, they got to sit down with this, um therapist of color who has no idea what their music and stuff is is just talking to them like a regular person and that that whole show was healing to me and i wasn't even going through that i was like dang you got and i just want to say he's a black marriage and family therapist oh okay. that's a black big him up <laughs> that's what that's what she does just for just <laughs> for yeah but um so, and I'm not even one, though I do advocate for therapy, to say that therapy is the only means in which to get some kind of help or some kind of healing. Um, but it is a good place to start because I think yeah. that as people of color, we don't get to just talk. Yeah. And have people listen, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and though, yes, lots of people do it through their music or through their art in general. Like, I'm going to take a picture. You understand this picture means this. Um, being able to verbally say it without all of the glamour and the blue and just be like, I'm sad. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And have someone validate that um, and maybe talk with you through that is valid. So I say that without... 
without even just saying that it's only just therapy. And like Whitley brought up earlier, there are systematic barriers to people receiving therapy. So I'm not going to pretend like that's not a thing. But if you are able to, (laughs) it's nice to have that place. Where no one's going to tell you to shut up. No one's going to tell you to keep your business to yourself. Where you can say whatever you want to say within the time that you have to a person whose only job is to really listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to judge, not to talk over you, but to just listen and let you have the floor. I feel like we need that just for healing in general. Right. Because what? Anytime a black person especially got something to say, family, friends, well, I don't want you to say, let me tell you what I want to say. It's like, Uh girl. Why can't I just tell you something, even if it was just how my day was? So therapy Mm -hmm. is really dope. And it was really dope to see that with musicians um, in general, because they do put a lot of it in their music, but no one's talking back to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So even when they have those spaces. Yeah. It's like there's also a fandom to it. Yeah. So one of the things that I would say that for me, so outside of like trying new things for me, one of my like particular practices around like healing and creating um, has been to have community. So we didn't really explicitly say it, but earlier in 2019, um, I have had conversations with both Whitley and Dominique individually, and I realized that in general, we were all experiencing similar feelings. A lot of the feelings we've discussed in part one and two of this podcast (laughs) around not feeling confident, around imposter syndrome, around wanting to do something, but not feeling that validation coming back or that support. Um, basically we all had invisible invisible people in our lives who was kind of like Andre's homeboy it was just like a silence blinking at us and not saying nothing that silence was us but you know what I mean (laughs) and so basically um, I think was actually Whitley's idea where she was like you know what would be amazing if I could be around other black women and freaking talk about this and like create and like build and be together and then it was me who said bet i got the other black woman it's a thing it just happened (laughs) (laughs) i was like that sounds i too i too would like to have that kind of space and i think um since starting we have no names so i've been referring to us as the collective the collective (laughs) since starting the collective um I feel like that has been like a healing practice. I feel like being around other black women, other black women creatives, and sometimes not always creating, but just being around y'all and being like, I'm nervous. Is this good enough? (laughs) Am I ready? Can you help me? You know what I'm saying? And having a response. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Having a response back from multiple people who are like, it's great. You're wonderful. We're all here for you. Like that feels really good to me. Mm -hmm. And not everybody gets to have that. Um, It's something Andre mentions in the episode, which was around the Dungeon family. So if y'all know about the Dungeon family, can you really call yourself an Outcast fan? Or whatever. Um, Basically, (laughs) the Dungeon was... uh, a space and a family for him and many other artists to find themselves. Mm -hmm. It's where they practiced, is where they learned from each other and fought and loved and figured it out before anybody else heard about it. And I feel like that's what I'm practicing right now, which is being really like 
really top key for my healing and, and creativity because I feel like I have the accountability built into my collective. Like y'all are like, hello, <laughs> what day did you said you were doing this? Do you need support? We're not going to let you give up on yourself, but also not just the accountability, but having the validation, the support, additional hands, more skill sets, you know what I'm saying? So that we can make robust and dope work that we're all proud of and also have somebody be like are you kidding me put that out there this is the best that it's ever been you know um and i would say before that y'all probably would have never gotten any of these things <laughs> before that it was just me in my room being like this is great no it's not this is wonderful it's not good <laughs> just back and forth every five minutes like making stuff throwing it away scratching things out never writing again you know um, so that's one of the things. The other thing has been journaling for me. Talking to myself is a, a practice that I really enjoy. Um, and then the last thing to me would be, um, I call it moving meditation. So not just still meditation. I feel like people think meditation is just sitting still and not talking. <laughs> but there is a practice called moving meditation, which is doing different things where you're actually moving, but also clearing your mind at the same time. So for me, that has been going on walks, bike rides, stuff like that, hikes, any dance class, like any type of thing where I'm in my body and not in my mind. Mm -hmm. So moving meditation is like part of the thing that also helps me create because I'm just doing instead of thinking about doing. <laughs> No. What about y'all? What are things that facilitate the healing and the creation? Oh, she head butted and looked at me. All right. <laughs> so um, I feel like for me, shout outs to my therapist Woo! Uh, because, you know, she really be putting up with me. And, you know, I just I really, really am heavy on like everyone needs someone to talk to even if it's just to let things out and get out of your own head because sometimes I'm going to be honest sometimes I don't want to write sometimes mm -hmm. I don't want to do that sometimes I just want to sit and be able to talk to my therapist and let her know what's going on real quick shout outs to you so that's one because mm -hmm. I think that that's big in my reflecting part like I think that yeah, just like being able to reflect on it and kind of like be like, all right, all right, cool. You got this. This is what you're going to do. And like making a plan because sometimes it's so hard to like sit there and just be like motivate yourself. Like, mm -hmm. So when your therapist, well, you got to go in the next week and be able to talk to her about what happened. Even if it's like I ain't do nothing. I'm still in the same spot that I was in. Like that's like to show up is even a big thing because I remember there was times where when I was in undergrad and I'd be like, mm, I ain't do nothing, so I'm going to cancel this therapy session, you know? And I think that it's being able to mm. go to your community, go to your therapist, and sometimes you don't have it and you didn't do anything. And like being able for them to hold space for you in that sense of like, all right, you didn't do it and that's okay. And let's talk about why didn't you? Yeah. What what stopped you? What were the things that you felt were barriers? So I think it's like really that reflecting part and having a community like the collective, like so many other friends I have that are just like, no, this is what you're going to do. You said you're going to do this. And it's so crazy because I end up talking to the collective about my friends and like every 
because one, the collective are my friends, and mm-hmm. then two, there's like these other set of friends that are learning about the collective, and they're yeah. like, "Yo, y'all said y'all was gonna do that, so where that at?" And I'd be like, "I'd be like, why are you all up in my I ain't know like that. that. Stop watching me, y'all. Don't <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, be right. asking me. But I, I love but how all of our eyes are all like, <laughs> right? Everybody's eyes lit up. But mm-hmm. it, I think it's out of like out of loving and caring, and I think like you know, just having someone who cares for you. Yeah. Like, in a way that there's so much of a fire. Yeah. Like, a fiery care for you. Like, yeah. I care for you so much. I want to see you do what you, what you are destined to do. And uh-huh. what you what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. Your life's work. And, like, what does that... Like, what... And then I think a queen is slim. Like, can I be your legacy? Um, so, I know that y'all probably already listened. <sighs> you want to you wanna talk about... Man, listen. Oh, so... <laughs> Let's see the movie. I'm just smiling. Okay, <laughs> listen. Won't bring up Queen but if you haven't already, mm-hmm. please check out the NSF podcast. Come on, that was episode so, episode one. Episode <laughs> one. Come on, I need y'all to. I need y'all go back. <laughs> yeah, go on back. Go on back because I think that you know we're talking about these things, but like that's really like when I think of there's one quote that I love, which was. Um, People will um, people will forget the words you say, mm-hmm. um, and what you do, mm-hmm. but they'll never forget how you made them feel, and mm-hmm. that is me botching it up. So I'm sorry to Ooh. whomever the quote was that <laughs> was from, and it's a black woman, so yeah, it it's was. really between two people. But I ain't gonna do myself like that. So <laughs> it's I'm having a brain. That it's death. late. It's, it's late, y'all. So mm-hmm. with that, like I think of that quote all the time because we're talking about like our words, but also how do you, how are people feeling in those moments, and what are the feelings that you want to, to re- to resonate with someone. Mm-hmm. So when I think of that, when I think of all the things that we're doing, like I think that that's the thing I look for is like how do I want to resonate with the things that I'm doing like. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, am I going to be happy with the Whitley that I stand in the mirror and look at? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those things, as well as, like, you know, I love to cook. I'm vegetarian. It's rough out here, but I have my little vegetarian cookbooks, and I sit there, and I watch my vegetarian um, YouTube videos, and I sit there, and I be like, all right. Let's let's play some music, enjoy life, and just like cook something. So like doing those little acts are like really big for me, um, and it brings me back. And I think like doing this work mm-hmm. brings me back as well. Mm-hmm. Like when you have a passion project, and we didn't talk about that, but like this like being passion projects and being passionate about something, like it definitely pushes you through. Like certain things don't bother you as much. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, this is this is so much better. Like, now if I was at work right now at this time, I think I would hurt somebody. But this is my passion project. This mm-hmm. is this is my life's work. This is my legacy. So I'm okay with being here at this time talking. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I think that 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 makes it so much more different. And it, I think it gives you a different outlook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like so, it. Yeah. What about you? Bring us home. Come on, girl. Come I like, on. I don't. I feel like for me, definitely like 
therapy is something that has become a healing practice for me. Mm. I don't necessarily have the best and most extensive healing practices. Mm. I'm more of a, I just keep doing and going and keep doing and going. Um, mm. And for me, like, if I can't create one way, I'll figure out a different way to create. It just, it's just sort of, like, in me. Um, and then I feel like also health, like, physical health has definitely become a healing practice for me. Um mm-hmm. Over this past year, that is, like, the one thing that, like, having a steady, like, gym regimen and just having to, like, not, like, having to, like, push your body to a limit that it's never been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think is, like, a major, a major way that has been, like, healing in general, but it also, like, helps my creativity. Yeah. Because, like, when you're physically healthy, like, your brain can work more. Yeah. Um, I definitely, like, agree with that sentiment. Mm. Um, but also I think like healing practices for me even go like still go with like like listening to music is something that's very specific Um, but the music I listen to when I need the healing is different Mm. it's not gonna be the same as like my everyday music like um, it was really funny my top um, Spotify playlist or whatever was like half gospel half ratchet Mm. or just like half like just like normal (laughs) music but like there was like gospel sprinkled into like every other track yeah Mm. and it was like because this the beginning of this year was so hard i would sleep to gospel music i would do so many things to just like uplifting like my spirits and so like prayer and that are like definitely healing practices for me of just Mm. being like come through like Jesus was I mean I feel like there were moments in this year I was like thank you Lord and there were moments that was like Nicki Minaj what's good like mm-hmm. what is this yeah um and I think all of those I still I still very much so was like I know that I have to run to you regardless like mm-hmm. I have to like Ooh. I have to like be centered in that in that space and when it comes to creating because very much so for me creating is a part of my purpose it's not like something I can walk away from because I have the potential to do a million other things yeah Mm -hmm. but like purpose wise like I was put on this earth for a reason yeah and like what you were saying earlier even when it came to when it comes to creating and like all of us are creative yeah we're all creative and because we were created by the greatest creator like and so I think that like those are things that we forget and so for me in the at times I'm like I don't want to create or I don't want to I'm just having a rough time in life I have to go back to him and be mm. like, "Yo, Jesus, what am I supposed to be doing?" And right. usually, it's like a, it's an, it's an, it's a download. It might not, I might not hear it super clear. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I know that the next thing I execute, I'm like, "There you were." Like and like, right. it makes it easier to yeah do yeah. it. You know, keep moving. And mm. so, I think that many, and also like now, I think I do also even search for that in music that isn't necessarily like gospel or um, yeah. Or, like, Christian-centered. But, like, I search for that in the music I listen to in my everyday life. Mm, Because, like you were saying earlier, I think for a long time, music, as beautiful as it is, can be equally toxic. Yeah. And it it can get to the point where you're like, what am I actually intaking? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. for many years, I think that I would intake just dark messages. It was just like, it was just, that was the way that my brain would go. Right. And so eventually it would be like, I would listen to sermons or I would listen, but like I, music is at the core. It's like my second right. love, like yeah. next to Jesus, love music. And so it's like, I have to find a way to make this 
like good yeah and mm-hmm. and like but i don't only want to listen to gospel music yeah and i feel like xavier omar is like a really oh, great yeah. example of that yeah like, that is <laughs> um but also there's like other artists that are out right now that are also making music that's very much so talks about their faith and their spirituality in like yeah a very, the same way and like right. doubt in all these different things that we feel hum on a human level mm. and so i think that those are inspiring to me so it keeps me sort of going Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. that's real. I just have to say yeah, that, yeah. like, when you said that, it, it stood out to me because there are so many, like, gospel songs that I grew up listening to that hit so much more. Like, you know it's deeper. Like, you know it's deeper now. Like, you feel it and you're like, huh. Like, I'm so upset they made Never Would Have Made It into that whole mess because Never Would Have Made It got me through a whole lot. And I never... <laughs> listen. Come on. And even, like, there are so many other, like, I think, like, for me, I have to go back into, like, my old gospel. Like, I'd be like, it's Vicky Winans, let me go on and... Cece, baby. Yeah, like, yeah. let's go... Alabaster box. Yeah. Let's go back there because then it just, it feels like, it feels like home. It feels like a, con- like this bigger connection that you're talking about and just feeling like, oh, this is it. This is, like, the space that I'm in and I don't realize it until, like, like never would have made it just plays in my head. Not the one that everybody out here is being ratchet to. And if y'all in the club, if I ever see anybody in the club and they jam into that. Actually, at the same time, don't say this because I feel like you about to say that you don't want them to do this. But we've already had, because they play Revolution in the club and it still <laughs> no, but I just be like, why are you doing this with the Cuddy beat? Come on. Okay, start. yeah, that's that, weird. When I'm they just, changed the beat, whereas like Revolution was already a turn up. Song oh, was already God. a turn up song. Listen, do you want a revolution? <laughs> we, but also, aside though, I do have to bring up, because you just said that, it's like, in the middle of my weight loss, I had to rethink how I was like shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that was something that came up. So like I, when I'm in the dressing room, I'll now play Kirk Franklin Brighter Day. Mm-hmm. You will never feel bad about yourself if you turn on that song. I yeah. can promise you that. If you if you feel bad one day, turn mm. on Brighter Day. If you're in a fitting room and you're like, oh no, I'm cute, y'all. Turn on Brighter Day. I bet you Jesus will remind you, you are the greatest. <laughs> yeah, come, come through. So, I'm, I don't know. Like, those are yeah. definitely my, those like keep me centered. And they like keep mm-hmm. me going. Yeah. And remind me like. No, we we still in this game. Yeah. You haven't fulfilled it yet, so you got to keep going. Right. Yeah. Because no. also, you don't really have options. I mm-hmm. wish somebody would tell people, you you can stop creating all you want to. It'll just happen in a different way. Always. Yeah. Like, until the purpose is fulfilled. And I think that's, like, something we don't realize. But, you know, I feel like people are coming to that understanding and, like, fruition sooner than later like they're realizing all right this we're getting there and like either way i'm it's gonna come back up yeah y'all this was fun this was a lot of fun there's so many things i was like oh i want to say this so i want to say this this is the longest episode i've ever done yeah, i know but i love y'all Gang, gang, how can, where can they find you? And I'm, we gonna do Brittany first, because that's who you, where can they find you all over the interweb? <laughs> hey, y'all, what's up? <laughs> it's right Brittany, your girl, Biblio Blue. 
You can find me at many places. Uh, you can find me at The Lit Stoop on IG, on YouTube. You can also find me on Twitter at Brie Boheme. Come check me. <laughs> Where can I find you, Willie? Okay, um, so you can find me at on IG um, at Speak With Wit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can also find me on Facebook, Speak With Wit. Um, yeah, that's where they can find me at. That's nice. Where they